Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. My name's Phil. Joining me as usual, I've got Rohan. How's it going? Hey, good. As usual, this episode of the Home Assistant Podcast is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and the ESP Home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. All right, Mr. Rohan, 2023.8 is here. Yeah. Now, we did have, uh, in the last month, uh, we had our episode with Mike um, talking mm-hmm. about Year of the Voice, which was an awesome episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did miss it, um, it's in your podcast feed and on YouTube. Go re- listen, watch it, whatever you want to do. Uh, had a great chat with Mike. I uh, thought it was an awesome episode. There's also yeah. Year of the Voice, Chapter 3. Uh, Ryan, did you get a chance to see any of it? Um, I didn't actually get to see it, but I did uh, speak to Mike about it um, a little bit, and I mean, we I mean, Mike Mike spoke a bit about it too, and uh, yep. on on the last episode, and uh, uh, even on the creators' call uh, last time, I got to speak to Mike about it a little bit. So it was uh, it was uh, it seems it seems really cool, um, and where they want to go, even like with the ongoing uh, chapters stuff like that. Um, long story short is how can we bring in um you know expand that home assistant assist functionality right um with with voice and stuff like that uh effectively to mimic something like an amazon echo um or a google home or something like that except obviously a lot more privacy focused a lot more um it's it's got that home assistant feel to it right or that home assistant flavor to it Mm. Uh, which is which is really cool. So, yeah, um, I'm 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 pretty excited for it. Um, and and you know, if you haven't watched it or heard it, you should go check it out. Um, it's it is really cool. Um, even though I, I'm saying that I haven't watched it, but I, I I've caught up with what it's <laughs> with what it's about and stuff. So, um, yeah, it is it is pretty neat. And I think uh, one of the slides on the on there was like yes we've heard everyone it's all the conversation always been we need wake words um so i am excited to see the ability to have custom wake words for an assistant right no longer needing to call out uh you know a google or a name that has been decided by a company um yeah that being said jarvis maybe in my future yeah. <laughs> well, well, and, and I, again, I don't, I don't even know if it's going to be like custom, like whatever, but just, just the ability to have wake words alone. Yes. Yeah. Um, is, is actually a pretty lofty goal. It's pretty impressive. Um, uh, particularly for like an open source project, right? Like not a multi-million dollar company that, you know, has an AI division and voice division and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it, this is not, again, we got to remember this is an Amazon or Google or whatever. It's, it's literally Mike and a, and a few others from, yeah, yeah. from Nabucasa and, and other contributors as well from outside of Nabu as well. And it, it like, it, it's, it's a small but mighty team. Right. And uh, it is, if you, if you think about what they're actually trying to do, it's actually very impressive um, and g- genuinely and, and shout out to, to Mike and everybody that's been working on, uh, on the voice uh, side of the project. It's, it's, it is truly amazing. Um, and, and Mike's ended up releasing like a couple of other, like associated, like software with it just because of they need it for, for this. Right. So that's all available too. And, uh, it is, it is, it is very cool. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. But, and, and for those of us that don't know, wake word is like saying like, 
A-L-E-X-A or S-I-R-I or like, like I'm, I'm trying not to trigger everybody's everything here, but like, um, or okay. G word. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, instead of having to press a button or something like that too, which is today is what, what you can do, right. You can get one of those little Adam S3, um, things by M5 stack. Um, and like press the button and say, Hey, turn on the light. Right. Which is, which is great. But then uh, if you're getting up to go press a button, you might as well just turn on the light yourself. Like with yep. the switch. Right. So it's agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, 2023.8. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we've had a few big releases, fair to say, um, last couple of months have been sort of yeah. really big releases. I, for my personal, you know, zoomed out view, not much here compared to the previous releases. Like the last release with the response values um, was a huge change. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing like extremely big. I think this is like a, a sort of a bite size release. It builds on what's been done previously, but it's not not shocking, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's funny because Frank was also saying, he's like, yeah, this is a pretty small release, except we talked about it for like 45 minutes <laughs> just, yeah. just yep. about this, right? So it's uh, uh, it's small, but there's there's you know some interesting and potentially powerful things in here. So mm-hmm. I think, um, so if you're a non-English speaker, native non-English speaker, um, and I assume you're not running this podcast through a translation service at the time, um, all services in Home Assistant, so light dot turn on, cover to open, can now be translated. Um, so this is really taking the ability for non-English people around the world um, to use Home Assistant. Um, and yeah, I think this is actually fantastic because it also mm-hmm. unlocks, um, you know, a lot of other people to be able to create automations. And then in turn, those can then come back into English. Um, yeah. We make, you know, we just make, see a whole new world of automations that you know can be created now. And then that may not have been thought of because, you know, that person didn't speak English. Now they have access to home assistant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of that stuff, a lot of the translation work has actually already been done. Right. But somehow services was kind of missed. Mm. So when you go into that services menu now, it's it'll natively be like instead of like like the drop down sort of like turn on a light or something like that. It'll it'll literally be like whatever in whatever language, right, whether um, Dutch or yeah Hindi or whatever, whatever, whatever your selection is there. I think I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a big Chinese home assistant community as well. Um, and I can't, I have a feeling that they may have like a fork of home assistant running somewhere as well. That's pretty popular. Um, um, been a, yeah, has, I've been a while since I checked it out, but, um, yeah, so I think, and there's a whole, like, there's the, I know, I think there's a, a Chinese home assistant forum as well, like just a dedicated, um, instead of, you know, community to home assistant, it's like a full Chinese version of, I users going out and discussing things. So um, I can only imagine, like we've seen other YouTube creators, you know, there's a, um, someone's creating like the release notes for Spanish, Dutch, you know, like mm-hmm. French, every, like, yeah, like there's a whole world of content that's just not English as well. So yeah, yeah. support it. It's just, which is really cool, right? Again, it's, it's even if people are, 
running it off of there. Like it's not like you're copying or anything like that, right? Just that that's the point of the open source project is take it and kind of do what you want, right? Within within reason, right? Yeah. With uh, whatever the license is, right? Um, so yeah. So if you do want to help out with um, the translations, not all the services have been translated yet. Um, so yeah, there is some documentation on the Home Business website. You don't need to be a developer. Um, I think they use Localize um, as their service. It's basically they'll give you a prompt of what is this in English. If you can translate it, you just type it in and it gets submitted as a translation. So yeah, if you want to help out in that way, please step forward. Yeah, yeah. And there's no, you don't need to do like going to GitHub and do a pull request or anything. That's yeah. actually a pretty easy process. So if you speak another language, um, yeah, don't hesitate to, to help out there if that's, if you want to give back to the community in a different way. All right. Um, there's also a new event entity. So I'm actually personally excited for this. Um, I've got a couple of MQTT buttons that I, that I have. Um, and I brought them in as sensors in through MQTT. Uh, so what's happening now is there is a event entity, which is actually the perfect entity for something like a button, uh, because a button isn't necessarily a sensor. It's not necessarily measuring anything or things like that. Just, I mean, aside of the, the gross inaccuracy of, 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 of how, how, how it's brought in, right? Um, but it, it's cool because now we're saying, okay, based on this, we're triggering a certain thing. So again, that is an event. So now it is, it comes in as like, Hey, button is, and depending on the functionality of the button, it might be a short press or a long press or a double press or triple, whatever you get the idea. Um, it's not necessarily, um, a binary sensor, which is just zero or one or off or on. It's now, it can be described a little nicer. Other thing is based on any kind of event, you can all like, uh, it has to be supported by the integration. Uh, like the integration actually needs to bring in the, uh, the event entity, but. If that is the case, uh, it's cool because it's, it's actually, if you have a ton of stuff that's happening in your logbook, right, that's like flowing through and stuff like that, you're just like, hey, what happened to this button? Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually can come in and, and it can also serve as a second, like, more filtered view of the logbook if you want to look at it that way, right? So if you have like a Philips Hue remote, for example, with four buttons and it's like, okay, well, you know, whatever, maybe kids have been sitting there pressing all the buttons, whatever that is. And you you care about when button two was pressed. Um, you, you can kind of again, it's not meant to be used that way, but but it, it is a cool little filter that you can use and be like, oh, it was pressed four seconds ago, and it was pressed for two seconds, like, like or sorry, like a long press or whatever, right? So, yeah. um, I'm I'm going to be rewriting some of my Node Red uh, things in for MQTT where I bring in um, certain. Um, like buttons and stuff like that, like like this little thing. And uh, when I bring that into Home Assistant, uh, so I'm now going to switch it to use the state entity. And and again, you are able to run automations and stuff based on the state of uh, of that, right? So, um, or the event entity, sorry. So I said state entity earlier. But yeah, so based on that state, you can actually still run automations and stuff. So you're not locking yourself out of any of that. That's very cool. Um, yeah, so initially it's going to support Matter buttons or Matter devices, um, HomeKit devices, MQTT devices, um, like the one I was talking about, and uh, Philips Hue. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what other people bring from that, too. It's uh, it's going to be pretty neat. I'd like to see, th- like, a template event being, like, 
the ability for an like to define like an event from a template, if that makes sense. So I have my smart door lock, um, mm-hmm. and I have uh, it emits you know like status codes depending on what's yeah. been done. So if I put my pin code in, then you know status one might come out. My wife puts her pin code in, you know status two might come out. If we yeah. lock the door, it might be status three, etc. And so I've essentially got like. Uh, a template that says, all right, based on this status code, um, if it's this, if the door's locked, then it was locked manually, unlocked by um, this person. Yeah. I wonder if I could then convert that. Right now it's just a, a text sensor, right? Like just the state of a sensor changes mm-hmm. um, based on whatever I've got. I wonder if I could now use this event entity to say, all right, un- door was unlocked by Phil 20 minutes ago um, or locked manually. I don't know if that's where this event entity is supposed to be used, if it's a good use case, maybe the current sensor that I have is the better use case for it. Um, I think it can be, but I, I just don't know if it's, because depending on how you bring the sensor into Home Assistant, right, or how, how mm-hmm. that integration brings it into Home Assistant, it might, it might just not even be there yet. Yep. Not to say that it won't be there ever, it just might not be there yet. Yep. Um, so that may that may change your direction. Yeah, because even like to things like, you know, I could have uh, against the door lock, I could have uh, Phil's, you know, access code. And mm-hmm. when I last use it is the event that got triggered, right? So then I can yeah. see, all right, when would yeah. I last use my access code on this door lock? Because right now yeah. I'd have to go through the state history, right? Yeah. To see the history of, you know, when that changed. So. Yeah. Yeah. Phil came in at this time. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed that will be on the horizon. Yeah. Um, so there is now the ability to add items to the shopping list inside Home Assistant with the assist. Yeah. Um, so you can ask the, we can ask assist to add things um, to the shopping list. There is something that we are um, missing here in the show notes. And we've deliberately messed, I've left it out because it may or may not make the final release. Um, so if you're listening to this, um, it may not be there. Ryan, you can probably talk to this a little bit more, but um, there is the ability for wildcards in yeah. uh, responses in like service calls now, I think. Yeah. So it's basically uh, when you generate or, or when you use assist and say something like, hey, add potatoes to the shopping list. Mm-hmm. Um so, so there's a wild card there, right? So we know we're looking at a shopping list, but we also know, hey, we, we want potatoes. Potatoes is a wild card. That could be potatoes or tomatoes or chips or whatever. Um, so that's what, what's happening here now is we're saying, okay, let's be, let's get that wild card and then based on that, do a specific action, right? So, I mean, the, the flow is fairly simple. The, the hard part is the wild card part and, and it's not, extremely flexible today but it, it hopefully it will be as as time goes on but um so for example it'll say like okay it knows that you're say, talking about the shopping cart and then because that's the phrase it's searching for and then it can, yeah. you go in build an automation saying okay add whatever's in the wild card to shopping list right so um or, or uh, again the other the other example uh mike was using was play um you know whatever by this artist right um, so same kind of thing. And, and in that case, there's two, uh, there's two wild cards there, right? So, um, in which case you have like artist name and you have song title. Um, so the, yeah, so that, that, those are some of the kind of things that you can do with it. However, there is a bit of a caveat here where you can't really say, 
um, add potatoes and tomatoes to the shopping list, right? And that'll that'll show up as one entity that says potatoes and tomatoes. Um, I don't think you can do that with the commercial voice assistants, or if no, you can, it's no. like hit and miss. Yeah, no, I I have tried. I haven't tried it lately, but I've tried it with my Amazon Echoes, and it, it does the same thing, right? It it'll it'll be it'll say added potatoes and tomatoes, and you go in and look, it's one line item, right? Saying potatoes yeah. and tomatoes, whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, some really cool stuff that they're working on. Hopefully, it makes it into this release. If not, um, should be in the next one, I would assume. Yeah. So if you want to get, so then you would have a uh, an automation set up. And you'll be essentially, I'm saying, if I say this sentence to assist, and I have this wild card, um, then I would take that value from the wild card and add it into the shopping list. Correct. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, pretty neat. All right. Um, generate an image with OpenAI's DALI. Um, so. Um, hopefully, people have heard of ChatGPT. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's actually getting to the point where I actually have to block out certain <laughs> services. Um, where it's like, for example, when I when I go on, uh, oh my goodness, what is the uh, app called? A social, actually, pretty much any social media. A lot of my feed is like, hey, look at this AI thing. Look at this AI oh, thing. And I'm just like, so I don't many Twitter care. threads on, you know, like, oh man, oh ChatGPT is old now. These five new things just got released. I'm going to kill it, sort of thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So if, if you haven't, if you haven't uh, seen that, it's literally like Mastodon. I, I, my Mastodon, I, I stopped going on it because it's just full of open yeah. uh, I still go on it, but it's, it's literally scrolling, 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 GPT, 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 right? And it's a really cool technology. Do not get me wrong. Uh, but anyways, the, the makers of ChatGPT, uh, it's a company called OpenAI, they've also got a few other APIs. One of those APIs is um, what they call DALI. It's an image generation uh, API. So I can say, hey, get me a picture of Phil, I don't know, eating a cake, right? Yeah. And it'll go in and generate a picture of, I mean, may not know Phil specifically, but uh, you know, whatever, uh, an astronaut eating a cake, right? And it'll kind of generate that picture for you. So that's brought in to Home Assistant now as a service. So there's like OpenAI, uh, OpenAI's conversation and then dot generate image. Um, and basically you can go in and put uh, your parameters there. So you can say, hey, generate an image that, you know, does whatever. Where this gets cool is when you start doing things like, Hey, let me do dynamic cards, right? For like weather cards and stuff like exactly. that. So if it's a beautiful day outside, hey, go generate an image of a, uh, a generate a sunny image in Toronto, right? Yep. So based on that, it goes in, okay, here's Toronto and skyscapes, sunny or cloudy or rainy or whatever that is, right? And then uh, depending on what you have too from, from a, and, and again, that's something you can pull from a weather entity and easily, and depending on what you have, you can take that and then maybe even push that to a TV. So you can have like a, like if you have like a frame TV or something similar, you can have like that TV background, or maybe if you have like a smart photo frame or a smart uh, exactly what else, yeah. tablet even right on a wall somewhere. Uh, yeah. So a lot of cool things you can do with it. Um, it it's again, I think, I think it's, a, it's a more fun uh, integration where you can, but, but again, it can also be, fun slash purposeful right like mm. um it, it doesn't just have to be hey 
give me a picture of an astronaut riding a unicorn, like, <laughs> like whatever that is. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah. I wonder, I, I haven't played around with this API yet, but I wonder if I could send it in like my schedule and not necessarily create an image, but like for it to generate like a nice way of displaying what my schedule is for today, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, meeting at 9am with, you know, Rohan and then at 12pm have lunch, right? Um, yeah, just like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, calendar. Yeah, yeah. As long as that's an, an image, then I can put that up, as you said, like on my TV as a background mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. on my mural canvas um, in the morning so that, you know, I have like a, for my daughter, like we have trying to show her what's going on today. That would be like a great use case for her, right? Like yeah. you're going to the playground today at you know midday, right? So yeah. here's a picture of a playground and and all that. Right? And, and the cool thing is, it's not going to be the same image twice, right? Because it's generated. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, but but even something like I mean, I, I'm just for whatever reason, I was just looking at my background, and it's like, okay, water the plants, right? So great, throw up pictures of plants there at Perfect. nine a.m. Yeah. or ten a.m. Like something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, so visually, you're also like, why are there plants on the thing? And it's like, oh, right, I got to water the plants. My washing uh, machine's finished and home assistant knows the washing machine's finished. So throw up a picture of dirty laundry or like clean laundry. Yeah, or, <laughs> Hopefully clean laundry, yeah. Um, or someone, you know, putting out the yeah. uh, washing on the line, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but again, is it absolutely necessary? No. Like in, in the last scenario, will will a Amazon Echo alert or a phone alert work just as well? Absolutely. But why not, right? <laughs> I mean, if someone has one more hardware thing. to display these images, maybe it would, it's good for people that can't read, right? Um, well, and uh, yeah, or or just or or they have really like uh, like really poor eyesight in general, or mm. something like that, right? It, it I mean, we, we've had folks on here with with uh, talking about visual um, impairments, right? Yep, and and you know, even even with something like that, it's you know. You you might you might still be able to see. You just need to see it in a larger format, right? Yeah. Um, again, it's not necessarily an all or nothing kind of thing, right? Um, if that's something that helps, cool, right? Um, might not help if it's like if if you if you can't see even that like a larger format, but you know it it's still it's still uh, interesting. I, I always like to look at it. You know, how can it help somebody with going through something right like mm. not necessarily going through something but like uh how can it help somebody that's um you know with with some kind of visual impairment or, or any any kind of thing like that so yeah like if someone needs a reminder to take their medication you know during an yeah. image of you know medication and then that reminds that prompts them oh i need to go and press that button over there once i've taken my pills this yeah, morning right yeah but they may you know, child. be able to read <laughs> or yeah. for whatever reason yeah. Um, but but even even for children, right? It's a, it's a good yep. cue, right? Like you put a picture of food there, and they're like, "Mom, Dad, I'm hungry." Whatever, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. um, to kind of visually cue them there. But I don't know. that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. 
So a new condition selector for blueprints is now available. So the selector takes and shows the condition part of the automation editor. So where you would choose things like, um, you know, uh, has this person at home, whatever. Um, so this is going to be, I think, one of the big game changes for me for blueprints. Like right now I struggle with blueprints in a way that, like, for example, um, I think there's a standard motion activated light blueprint mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. comes with Home Assistant, right? As a sort of, you know, your stock standard example, right? All it does is motion detected via this motion sensor, turn on the light. That's cool. But what if I want to now um, only turn that light on if people are home, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, how many ways a Skinner Cat have we talked about on this podcast about how you detect if someone's home? Do yeah. I detect it if I'm home? What if I want to detect it of my wife's home? And then having to go in, like you can't previously with blueprints, you would have to then create the automation and then I assume go in and edit the and add your condition logic to each automation that's created from it. Um, yeah. This way, it just adds a condition block. I'm pretty sure you can then go in and you can create the condition block like an and or an or condition. So, for example, I might have, you know, if my alarm panel is disarmed or my alarm panel is in armed night mode, which might be completely separate to how you do your home, Rohan. Yeah. But yeah. The, the result being that we can both use this motion-activated blueprint, the base of it, but still tie in our own home nuances to it. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Deacon, I thought that was a filtered list of um, like like stuff that you can do with your system that based on you know, whatever it is you're using, right? So, yeah. um, I I might be wrong, but I, I thought that's what uh, that's what it was. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> All right, so that's it for the new features. Um, let's talk about some, uh, integrations. So, um, there's an independent power, uh, and broadband company called electric Kiwi in New Zealand. So if you use them, they're now in here. Duo techno, uh, nodes can now be integrated with home assistant. Um, I don't know if you've checked out this company, Ram, but, um, I just jumped on their website just to see what mm-hmm. these nodes could be. And they've actually got a really cool, um, if not cheesy, uh, like explain a video of what they do, you know, attractive yeah. woman entering, you know, this futuristic smart house with her, um, husband or, you know, they're having like a nice movie night and they can press buttons. Mm-hmm. The technology that, um, they at least show off in this video looks pretty futuristic. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was impressed. So I believe they are um, a Belgium smart home company. Yep. I assume it comes with a price tag um, and only available in Europe. Um, so far, as from what I can understand of the integration, it only supports switches. Um, but yeah, this uh, company in their promo video at least uh, claims you can control that they've got motion sensors, they've got um, music control, blind yeah. control, media control. So hopefully this is just like a, a phase one of this integration um, and that will sort of go out to the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, they, they, again, I don't know. I've never heard of them before, before yeah. looking at the, uh, release notes, but, uh, I, I did look at their stuff a couple of days ago when I saw it, when the release notes came out in the RC, 
Um, and uh, it looks, uh, it looks, their stuff looks really polished, right? It looks yes, really cool. Yeah. Um, at, le- at least in the video, that's what it comes off as. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's um, bringing in home, home automation into home automation systems. Yeah. That's it. All right. Um, Gardena um, Bluetooth. So if you have uh, Gardena devices, um, these are pretty common. And I, I know when we, we, the creators call, like a couple of us are saying, they're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. Like, so they are pretty popular out there. Um, I don't know where they're from or anything like that, but they, they make a lot of gardening uh, type mm. of um, like s- smart irrigation timers, like, or wh- whatever, those kind of things. They make a lot of those. Um, quick connect um for like connecting your hose to the sprinkler they make a lot of sprinklers and all that yep. stuff too Connectors so and all that yeah yeah so they are now uh for their bluetooth devices you can now bring those into home uh home assistant so um which is pretty cool yeah so i looked um at this because i'm you know back in my mind i'm like all right i need spot irrigation at one point um yeah. And yeah, I was then disappointed. Then I got onto the like Gardena smart website and they, you know, they got their robot lawnmower out there and oh yeah, I can buy that. Yeah. It doesn't integrate with home assistant because it's not Bluetooth. Um, they've got power sockets up. Nope. That's only for Europe. Um, they've got um, a smart water pump. Oh no, yeah. that's only for Europe too. Um, and yeah, so. I think I've seen some stuff in. I don't know. I think it was Gardena's that I saw that was uh, smart, like water, like timers and stuff like that. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. In, in I think like they've, yeah, the Bluetooth, yeah. They've, I think they've got like, um, yeah, there's like your standard tap timer um, that you can put mm-hmm. on, right? like, you know, water from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., right? Which is now to yeah. be controlled by Bluetooth. The irrigation, yeah. like zone systems and all that, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think that I've that's, never seen that from them. Yeah. Yeah. I they, have they might have like a multi-tap kind of thing, but yeah, but uh, I don't. I, yeah, they might have like a multi-tap thing, but it's it's. I don't think that's smart in any way. Maybe, yeah, but whatever. If you find one and it's got Bluetooth, uh, hopefully it works with Home Assistant. Yeah, there, there you go. go. All right, Opower um, allows you to read out energy information from utilities that use their protocol or service. Um, so the in- integration will add sensors for gas and electricity including current usage, forecasted usage, and the typical monthly usage. Now, mm-hmm. this is a virtual uh, integration, uh, which means that uh, when you're looking to add this integration to Home Assistant, you'll want to use uh, the other brand that uses it. So this is available for um, Atlantic City Atlantic City Electric, Baltimore Gas and Electric, uh, Coppermouth Edison. Um, there's a whole bunch more as well in our show notes. But yeah, if you're on the list of energy providers that um, supports this protocol, then you can then go into Home Assistant, look up your energy provider, um, and then it will add the O-Power integration for you um, and bring in those sensors for you. Yeah, there you go. Um, Pegel Online, um, which is basically a, the German uh, Federal Waterways and Shipping Administration. Uh, now you can bring in water level sensors um, into Home Assistant for that. So, yeah. Cool. I guess if you're like deciding, I'm going to take the boat out this weekend, that might be yeah. information you want to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's handy. 
All right. Um, so, Rahan, I think um, we had yes, a couple of big episodes. We've had a lot of feedback in our inbox, feedback at housepodcast.io if you want to reach out to us um, or on the YouTube comments. So uh, Jerry got back to us on the dryer automations. Um, I think that you were having struggles with in Canada mm-hmm. there, Rahan, with your gas dryer and all that. Um, so he said, uh, you were talking about automations for a dryer and using an Aquara vibration sensor on the machine to tell if the drum was rotating or um, not. Um, yeah. So he does something similar. Um, I did something similar, but I fixed the sensor inside the drum. So I use BluTac, um, and it holds pretty yep. well. Um, so it gets a, a very accurate result. I actually also put an Aquara temperature and humidity sensor in too, so I can also trigger an alert based nice. on when humidity gets to a set level in the drum. I do have the same issue as you guys on the washing machine as the vibration sensor um, is outside and it can be hit or miss. So not enough Mm -hmm. uh, vibration being picked up on the washing machine. Um, I've seen a recommendation to attach the sensor directly to the outside of the washer drum, um, but I'm not ready to opening up the machine to do this one, which I can completely understand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know how that would affect like putting it inside, like the inside the machine itself. I don't know how that would uh, yeah. affect the the connectivity. Just, I think it's one of those things where it's because um, yeah, washing machines are generally like a big metal box, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're just not getting not much signal out of there. Wireless. Yeah, Could exactly. Be a, it's like a little Faraday cage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, but I I do like that uh, they put the sensor inside the drum. I wonder if there's if that has any effect on the life of the sensor, right? Because these aren't like mm. ruggedized sensors or meant no. for heat in any way. Um, but sounds like it works. So I may, I may try that. I mean, it's better than what I've got right now. So, which is nothing. It's, I mean, it goes to show though. It's, it's, it's great that my washing machine and dryer don't vibrate violently. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. I think maybe, but, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, I have one that does vibrate violently and I have to constantly put it back in its place every uh, wash cycle, <laughs> right? It walks halfway across the laundry. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Levin on the dryer sensor as well, um, saying, I tried ESP home uh, vibration sensors in my laundry monitoring project and also can never get them to work. For whatever reason, they would always get stuck to on or off. Yeah. Ditto. I saw, I saw, um, well, I guess it's, that's just Zigbee not updating fast enough, but in my case. But um, however, this ESP Home sales switch idea that someone had posted online is we have to work in flawlessly. So you basically get a small uh, section of ducting, cut cut or drill a small hole into it, uh, mount a long lever switch inside a small plastic box and extend the lever into the duct um, and then attach the plastic box to the duct with screws. From there, use some, get some plastic, cut it in a circle, um, and thread the lever into the ducting, and then pressure should hold it in place, and then basically insert it in line. Um, so I think, did we have somebody that talked about that? I don't know why that sounds really familiar. I think somebody mm. talked about doing something like that. Uh, sounds on, like something on, MacGyver would be like, like a home automation MacGyver setup. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it's. I, I actually, I actually like that option too. It's. Uh, it's in line. It's, you know, when it's going, that kind of thing. Right. So, um, thank you to Jerry and Levin for, for, for getting back to us on that one. I appreciate that. Let me, let me investigate and try and do something like that. 
There you go. All right. Um, Twitch is replied to us on YouTube as well about car, uh, smart coffee machines. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, if you do get one of those smart coffee machines that comes with a coffee bean grinder, you can connect it to your water line with a filter and then you've got fresh coffee every single morning. I recently got one. My wife and I work from home. I have an input balloon that is turned on at 4 a.m. every morning. Whenever the kitchen motion sensor is occupied, it checks to see if the input balloon called first motion coffee has been turned on. Um, if it's off, then the automation is skipped. If it's on, then it sends an Alexa command. If it's on, it sends an Amazon Echo command to start the coffee. It grinds it and fills up the tank, heats the water, and then brews the coffee. I was thinking about adding an Amazon Echo response, something like, good morning, do you want me to make a coffee? If I say yes, then it goes and makes me a coffee. Nice. Anyway, it turns off the input boolean as well to make sure that it does not happen again. So there you go, a completely automated coffee solution. And if you don't want a coffee in the morning, you could potentially just tell your little Amazon Echo lady, no, don't make me a coffee this morning. That is very cool. I like that. Um, I don't know how good the coffee would be coming out of these machines. Huh? I'm not a coffee. I drinker, assume they're so. good. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I, I yeah. would. I would assume it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I no reason to think otherwise. But that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. 2023. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Thank you. All right, cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.